0: What is up? Welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel Podcast. I wonder how you doing today. My name is Dallas, obviously, and um, today we have on a special guest. His name is Ruben Alvarez, and Ruben, man, he's a legendary entrepreneur. Man, his story is only rivaled by, you know, that of Hollywood movies. You know, Ruben has a very, very cool story that I can't wait for you to hear. I'm not gonna, you know, talk too long about it because, you know, the interview itself. Kind of speaks for itself But you know Ruben's hat started From very very humble beginnings Man he started In a mobile home park With some of the worst Neighborhoods in California Like right over the bridge From where he lived Um He progressed through life You know Without You know The support of two parents Because his parents Had actually separated um, Ruben's first job Was at Subway You know When he was 19 20 years old He actually dropped Out of high school And pursued independent studies um, it was a long road for Ruben, but Ruben actually fought and fought and fought all the way to the top to where he has a globally recognized podcast. He has a, you know, he's co-authoring a new book that's coming out, which will probably also be globally recognized. He's the CEO and founder of a company known as The Marketing Hunters, which is doing amazing. Um, Ruben beyond his business success he's also successful as a person he has a beautiful family you know and two children one of which was just born and he's a you know he's a father and so that's a little bit about Ruben's story but I'm not going to go too deep into it here in the intro because like I said this interview it speaks for itself and so I'm going to go let you listen to the interview I do want to say before I start the interview I accidentally unplugged my microphone and so my side of the audio is a little crackly but the content is all there so with that being said man I hope you enjoy the interview Peace out. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Surviving the Cancel podcast, the podcast about finding your voice and building a tribe around even your most unpopular opinions in the cancel culture era. I need to trim down that subtitle. Today we have on uh, Ruben Alvarez from his company, the Marketing, Hun- Marketing Hunters, um, from the In For The Kill podcast. Um, future author uh, i would say crypto investor now <laughs> you know you getting a little bit of the crypto coins and um father and a good person how you doing today Ruben?
1: i appreciate that i appreciate the, no, the way it ended enjoy. i appreciate that the way that it ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah to give yeah. a
0: little shout out you're going crazy man
1: yeah well no, i think everybody wants to be a good person right so i, I appreciate that that last part um yeah yeah, I don't want to get too deep into it, but they say like only God is good, right? So it's like anytime that somebody you know uh, blesses you with with the word good, it's always a good day. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't I don't know if I read somebody call me good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's but, it's a weird thing, right? Like because they say that like yeah, again we can we can go down that rabbit hole, but they say only God is good, so it's like we shouldn't be calling each other good, but I, I take it as a as a compliment, right? Because I know it's not in that context. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <For sure.
0: laughs> man but um you've been working a lot lately
1: yeah.
0: you know even in some of the, you know the offshoot hustles man the, you know like the crypto it's been growing you have a good life you know mm-hmm. you no know, you went from in the stop watching other people's pockets episode you know the one bedroom in irvine you got a house <laughs> nice company car you know how is life in terms of family in terms of career and success, how is it looking right now?
1: It, it's good, man. You know, one of the, I think it was Dan Dan Caldwell that, um, you know, the guy from Tap Out. He he started the the, yeah. the brand Tap Out with his business partner, and then he passed away. And then he he ended up selling it, but he was one of the original, the founders, right? One of two. And um, where where I'm at in my life, it's really funny because some people won't get it until they they they're in that part, right? But he had he had too much. Um, too many shirt sales at one point, And he couldn't fulfill them. And it was just like a big headache. And like, he was getting in trouble. And like, people were like, you know, shouting at him, because he wasn't delivering and all this stuff. And he's like, Hey, man, like my blessing became my devil. Right? Yeah. And you know, what's funny is that I realized, um, you know, to go back to the whole God thing, right? Uh, when when I had it really hard, about like five, six years ago, maybe even like four years ago, I would pray to God every day. I would go to work and I'd be praying to God. I'm like, dude, God, like help me through like it's, you know, life is rough. And like, I I would have that sense of like, of like a pressure. And then also I would have a sense of like needing someone to help me guide through it. Right. Mm -hmm. And lately um, I've been working a lot, like you said, but I haven't had that pressure. Yeah. Because, because life has been very automatic and very smooth. And I've noticed that my, my blessing has become my devil because Mm -hmm. if I want to, I cannot do anything. And it's very easy for me to say Monday I can take off, Thursday I can take off, Friday I can take off, and then all of a sudden Tuesday I don't feel well. I'm like Tuesday I can take off as well. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much how how life has been looking, and I feel like I just need to and and you know whoever's listening to this are like oh this guy must not be doing anything right, but <laughs> but that's that's not how it is. Like I I recently hired a, a sales manager for my company so that that way like I can kind of take myself out of the sales aspect of it. Um, but what's really nice about me hiring someone for sales is that I can either leave him alone and be like, you do it. And then I know he's not going to do that well, or I can pretty much hold his hand, be there with him help him get the leads, have him do all the work. But now I have that pressure. Like I said, again, to that, I have somebody there that I'm like, he's viewing what I'm doing. And if I don't help him, I'm too much to blame as he is. So yeah. there's, been, there's been some blessings that have come along the way. But yeah, that's, that's what I've been up to is just setting a lot of foundations in place so that that way it can keep expanding and growing.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. That's beautiful, man. I remember, I don't know if we touched it on in our first interview, but you said, and it was, you know, a lot of pressure on you from, you know, just the constant need for you and your business. Mm-hmm. And you've been through a lot, a tremendous amount, man. I mean, man but things are different. You know, you said yeah. in the past episode, I think on your podcast, you wore a hat because you didn't like the way your hair was. Hair's <laughs> fly now. He don't need the hat no more. You know, he got the blue, <laughs> you know, in for the kill logo behind him. Things are different. Um, you moved to Arizona. You're not staying there because it's a little too hot, but you moved to Arizona <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, get a new company car. How do these things make you feel? Um,
1: yeah, so Arizona was was a leap of faith. You know oh. what I mean? Um I feel that we all know where we should be, right? And where we shouldn't be. And a lot of the times we're where we shouldn't be just because it's easy, just because it's comfortable, just because it's what we know. And I was in California and the biggest thing was not that it was comfortable. The biggest thing was not that I knew everybody there. The biggest thing was my ego and saying, Hey, if I can make it in California, I can make it anywhere. And you know, the people that go to Arizona, they have money, but they could never make it in California. And it was this big ego thing, right? And the moment I let go of it, and I was like, dude, let's go to Arizona. And I got over here. I'm like, dude, I've been missing out on like $6,000 every year that I have not moved to Arizona. Just yeah. based on taxes. Just based on taxes. That's it. Nothing else. And I'm like, that is stupidity. Yeah, Like, it's it's a little hot. You know, it's a little hot sometimes. Like, for four to five months, it's really hot over here. <laughs> California has the beach. That's it. And, and this isn't hate against like people go, California is so much better. That's why a lot of people live here, blah, blah, That's cool. You can live there. I have no problem with that. Higher taxes, higher wage tax. You have um, higher gas prices. You have higher income, you know, like for, for just renting an apartment, you can't live in a house because it's going to be like three grand. Um, why? Right. Oh, we have better jobs. Okay. Well, if I can find a better job over here, that pays the same. What do you have then? So that's, yeah. that's that's my thing with California. It's not that I hate California, it's I just think if you're not making like 150,000 a year, you probably shouldn't be there. And right. the more people that keep moving there, the more people that keep normalizing it, that's why your prices keep going up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, man, California, you know, it's kind of crazy. You know, when somebody put it into perspective the other day, they said, when I work hard, they earn more from my work than I do. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, that's just crazy. You know, because obviously he was making millions, so it's more than fifty percent. He's paying tax, I believe. I don't really know, but um, so but 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 things are well, things 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 are good. You know, um, you live a joyful life, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've I've learned to, you know, one of the biggest revelations that I had within the last like six months is that you do not have to work hard and you do not have to work long hours for money you can but you yeah. don't have to and mm-hmm. when you're when you're pretty much raised with like nothing you're taught to work hard you're taught like at a job that if you work extra you work longer hours the boss notices all this stuff right and once you get to the point where you learn how to generate your own income you're like okay i need to be you know on the phones all the time right and it's like okay well i'm making this much money and i just made a supplemental 5,000 this month on top yes. of what I already make. And I'm already mm-hmm. making more than I used to make. And I just made 5,000 more a month. And you're like, I got to, I got to be on the phones. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that, that five grand that I made, I, I, I delivered on the promise in two weeks versus like six months, which is what I used to make five grand in. Right. And mm-hmm. in your, your head has all these ideas of like, I need to be working. It needs to take longer. I need to put more effort into this or else it's not worth it. And that's not the reality. Like in order for you to have a joyful life, you should be able to be so good that somebody pays you a lot of money that you deliver on something that gives them exactly what they wanted, if not more, and it was worth the price. And and that's that's the biggest thing that has led me to, because I I used to always want to overwork. And the reality is that you don't need to overwork to be happy, like you're already making it, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And so we're gonna start sliding back in time what was, what was your life like when you were overworking? You know, you, you mentioned four years ago at the, at the lowest, can you recall the lowest day and what that day was like?
1: Yeah. The lowest day was probably when, um, geez, no, that, like, cause some days, some days were better than others. Right. But like the lowest days actually were when it was the end of the month. And people were gonna promise they were gonna put orders in, right? Because that was that we had this totally incorrect way of selling just because the owner wanted like quick sales all the time, you know. And it was a business to business approach. So you can't call the people who you've done business with eight years and be like, Hey, can you do more this month? Because it's like, dude, it's gonna take away from next month. We're it's the same business model, you know what I mean? Like we have to get new customers. We can't just give you more orders and then there's no new customers and then it's gonna sit here, right? So mm-hmm. that was that was the way that we did it, but If a month came in over like a specific amount or if we delivered on that month, it just made us look good to the boss, right? So Uh we would have days where the people would say, like, we're going to put in, like, I don't know, $100,000 order. This is the 31st of the month. They're like, hey, you know what? We can't get it in today or some other reason, you know, blah, blah, blah. We thought the boss was going to come in. Boss never came in. He would call at, like, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Did the order come in? We're like, no. He's like, all right, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But we knew what it meant. You know what I mean? We knew that it was just like, so there was this, there was a, a sense of like, just uncomfort working there all the time, just because you knew that, that like, it was all based on sales. There was no understanding. The business model wasn't working no matter what you did. Like it was never enough. Oh man. So, so that was that. And then what was the second part of the question? I know that it was, do you remember the lowest day and then what else? Um, Probably, how did you feel?
0: I mean, if I if I were to ask them, I think that was it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was that was pretty much what it um, what it was like, and uh, and yeah, it's it's liberating because it, we were we were in a we were in a room earlier today that was like called like side side hustle success or whatever you know. Yeah. So it's really liberating to know, and it sucks because a lot of people don't want to do sales, but it's really liberating to know that you can sell stuff. Right. And it doesn't matter what it is. Most people, I think it's not the, the fact that they don't know or think that they can sell something. It's that they don't know what to sell. Right. And that was the biggest thing for me is that like we're we're conditioned to think, OK, you have a job. You have no more job. Go find another job.
0: Yeah. And no
1: one thinks you have a job. Stay at the job. Find something you can sell to make more money so that that way, if your job falls through, you have something else. And then you can go to another job either way. But you keep supplementing money through a high side hustle, you know, mm-hmm and um, that's that's one of the most liberating things. But you always got to just think, like, what can I sell? And that's the hardest thing for most people is, like, they don't know what to sell.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: Unless it's time. Everybody knows how to sell time.
0: Yeah. That, yeah, you know. yeah, that one's probably the first one that a lot of people go to. Time, expertise. And so there was a lot of attention in those days, probably, you know. Is there any particular conversation or instance that that embody, you know, the emotion of that moment perfectly? A, a moment where maybe you felt that really describes the period. Is there a conversation that you can remember or, or an instance where you just stopped like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do.
1: <laughs> there, was, there was this one time where I was um, on, I was on business with a, with a client um, and we were at, a like we were traveling a few days together and then we sat down to go eat, at like some Mexican restaurant or something like that. And, uh, I had just sat down with him and then my boss was calling me and I was like, oh, fuck, right. And at this time I was, I was a sales manager, but like I was traveling. I was at that time we were managing like 12 million in sales per year. Um, we had like 60 to 80 customers or something like that, but it wasn't like, 60 to 80 customers because it was a distribution model, right? So each one of those had probably like three or four branches um, per per customer that we had to um, still get on top of. One of them had 32 branches, another one had like 18. So it was just it was a ton Oops. of people. Um, I was traveling. We had the people back at the office. Um, this chick, she was pregnant and she was in sales, so she didn't mention that she was going. To like the doctor or something like that. And you know, most other jobs, it's like, hey, I have a doctor's appointment today. I'm pregnant. It's like, cool, you're out. Like, that's fine. You know, with him, it wasn't. It was like, you should have told me like two weeks prior. She didn't say anything that she was leaving to anyone else. And I'm like, she told me like she only responds to me, you know? So he went off. He started screaming. I remember I'm on the phone and I was just hearing, I was like, oh, yeah, like, this doesn't matter like because before I used to a lot of the times I was like oh yeah um you know I would feel bad and I'd be like yeah my, my bad I don't know and he was the type of person that you're like all right cool like I'm, I'm sorry it won't happen again like I messed up and he'd be like well f- fuck you like well he didn't say fuck you but, he, but he'd be like he'd be like um yeah well you whatever like it shouldn't have happened anyway like I don't I don't care that you say that it already happened you know that type of thing where it's just like dismissive yeah um so I remember like I'm on the phone and I'm just listening to ha huh, ha. Huh, and he's like, he's like, okay, well, he's like, don't you have anything to say or just because oh, huh, huh, the whole time. And I'm like, honestly, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I feel like whatever I say, it just won't matter. And it happened and there's nothing I can do. Yeah. And, and he's like, he's like, all right. He's like, well, you guys are taking this serious and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, it's not that we're not taking it serious again. There's nothing I can do. She left. I'm I'm with the customer right now what do you want me to do? Like, like, what, what do you want me to say? What can I do? And I just remember he's like, Oh, well, you know, when you come back, we'll like, we'll talk. And he just, and I was like, but whatever, dude, like, this doesn't matter. Like, I really don't care. Like yeah. I, I, I can't keep letting like every single thing that happens, you know, affect me. And, and that's how the job was. Like a lot of times it would just be like something stupid and then it would be blown out of proportion. And then mm-hmm. it, they were just looking for somebody to blame. And I'm like, okay. I, I, I ran the process through my head and I'm like, okay, somebody messed up. We found that person. They're blamed. Now what? Oh, two days yeah. later we're moving on. And I'm like, then why the fuck did we just have that conversation? This is the stupidest thing <laughs> I've ever gone through this is the dumbest. Like I'm like, I'm like, yeah. you're literally it's, it's emotional. It's toiling with somebody. We find the person, they get spanked on the like on the hand, they say, don't do it again. Nobody ever gets fired. I'm like, okay, so you just want me to listen to your emotional rant. Like that's all, all right. it is. <laughs> that's, that's all this is. And I'm like, so I'm not going to engage with that. And if you don't like that, you can fire me. And if you're not going to fire me, I'm not going to engage with it. You, you're you going to accept it pretty much. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty much how that went.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's intense. Especially already in front of a customer. It's like, man, <laughs> it's just it was already bad. Now it just got a lot worse. Yeah. That's got to be tough.
1: Yeah. Well, has- the lucky thing is that the industry knew how he was. So a lot of the times they'd be like, I can't believe you work for that guy. And I got a lot of respect from
0: the industry because of that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a bonus, man. If if they didn't understand, he's probably just looking at you like, this is wild. You know? Um, So I'm wondering if I should embellish on the difference between then and now or go further back. I think we're gonna go further back. And so obviously only four, you know, a few years ago, there were moments of turmoil. There was moments of tension because you were operating in a model that just didn't work, but moving, you know, I'm sure to some degree, that and the ultimate betrayal of not ultimately having a piece of that company inspired you to move on and everything is better now. But if you take it back to the very beginning, you know, your first job was, was, was subway, right? Yeah can you describe that place in like the location, what it was like, the people that were there and and
1: what you felt about it and how yeah, old you man. were? I was, I was in Lake Elsinore. I was in Lake Elsinore and very good people. I met a lot of like really, really good people. Right. Do I keep mm-hmm. in contact with a lot of them? Not really. Because that subway was the exact thing of like what Lake Elsinore was. Like I mm-hmm. went in um, and I would work hard and, Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't follow attention to some rules. I hate following attention to rules that are just stupid and don't make sense. So, so it was like, okay, we have, we have a line of 10 customers, but you need to follow the protocol of it being six exact olives five cucumbers like you know uh like you scoop the lettuce with a lettuce (laughs) like a lettuce scoop right and it was like these exact things of like and i'm like it's veggies bro like you're not losing money on the veggies (laughs) trust me i trust you know so i'm like we got people and i kept getting in trouble because like there would be a line of like 10 people and it'd be like hey can you do the veggies i'm like for sure lettuce cucumbers i put an extra cucumber they're like hey we noticed you put an extra cucumber i'm like fucking piss off are you kidding me are you kidding me? Like we got like 10 people through in like five minutes and you care about an extra cucumber. So there was that, um, the food wasn't free. Like I thought like legit, like you're working an eight hour shift, dude, give me a sub, right? Like I'm making making minimum wage and I still have to pay for half of the price of the food. Like, you know, so I I just didn't agree with a lot of stuff on there. It was exciting to get like a paycheck, but then even then, like I remember what made me quit there. Was I was on my way to work and I had a shift at four and it was like three forty five and they call me on the way hey the, it seems really slow today we don't need you to come in I'm like what? I'm on my way in right <laughs> and and I'm just like uh-huh. yeah I'm, I'm already like halfway there like I already spent gas and they're like yeah I'm I'm sorry like I I get that but like even if you come in we'd have you work for like half an hour and then we tell you to go so it just it's better use of your time yeah. if you don't. and and. A lot of like my thing is like I don't know how to respond to people so if I don't know how to like effectively communicate I just say okay and then if I think of it later then I will but I was just like I didn't want to I didn't know how to tell her like effectively you wasted my time you can't just effectively waste my time and and then in my mind I'm like if I say that I'll get fired so I just again I didn't know how to communicate you know so I just said okay (laughs) and I was like that's it deuces I'm done This is, this is stupidity. I'm not gonna, you know, like, again, the easiest thing to trade for anyone is your time. There's a lot of it and a lot of people need it. So if Subway wants my time and they're going to waste it, like there's somebody else who could probably pay me more that was going to use it full, then I can actually make more money. So,
0: yeah. And how old were you back then? 19,
1: 18,
0: something like that. 19. Did, Did you know your wife back then?
1: No, no, I didn't meet her till I was, like, 20. Yeah.
0: Were you in any relationship at all back then? Uh,
1: I can't remember if I was when I was working there.
0: Uh, And so when you were sitting behind the deli and you are putting sandwiches together, what were you thinking about at 19? Did you want to escape?
1: not even remember Breaking man glass. i think i was i was thinking of like phones again because i lived in lake elsinore man and that was that was not a place like the all there was to do there is party and have sex like people were having <laughs> people were having babies left and right because there wasn't anything to do in lake elsinore you know yeah. what i mean like the the hot um desert cities where there isn't a lot of like commerce and there is like all like small like um local things to do um there just isn't a lot of movement so the things that you do when you're young there is you get into trouble, right? Um, mm. And pretty much, I think I just wanted a phone. There was like the Moreno Valley Mall or what was the other one? It was like the Temecula Mall. So I was mm. like, oh yeah, dude, I wanna have money to be able to like, I think MySpace was huge at the time back then, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, I was like, dude, I wanna meet some of these girls that I've met on MySpace and take them out over there. So like, I wanna have some money for that. But also I wanted like a new site, which I did. I bought a new Sidekick back at the time. Yeah but I, I felt super cool with that sidekick too. So a lot of times I was just on my phone, yeah. I was messing around and um, yeah, that, that's all that was going through my mind. I was just like, how do I, how do I have more money so that that way I can just keep doing stuff. And my dad would let me borrow his car back then, which was a Mustang. So I was like, how do I have money? So that, that way I can keep mon- putting money in the, in the Mustang and show off. Yeah. And you know, so that was, that's all yeah. it was. That's all it was.
0: <laughs> Big time, man. So, you know, it seems like, You know, one of the major themes of this podcast is that there are forces that operate against people who desert the status quo. Like entrepreneur, you know, you're supposed to do a nine to five. You're a desert of the status quo. Um, There are forces that operate against us. When you're a solo entrepreneur, it'll be maybe your friends and your family. When you're a medium or corporate sized business, it'll be the public. It'll be the government. They try to stop you from deserting the status quo further and innovating and changing the world. Um, from the sounds of what I'm hearing, you know, you've always been somebody that's you aren't rebellious, but in a sense, because a lot of society, like you said, man, with the the ingredients, the vegetables, it doesn't make sense. And you like straightforward things that make real sense. And a lot of things that you probably a lot of rules of your society growing up probably didn't make sense. And so you rebelled by nature. You know, is that accurate at all?
1: Yeah, I just I'm I'm very logical. So something has yeah. to make sense to me. And if it doesn't make sense, then I'm like, there's no reason why I would do that. You know what right. I mean? So a lot of the jobs when like the 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 stuff that I really excelled in was they're like, hey, look, we need you to do this report and you get the numbers here and you get the numbers here and blah, 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 blah and I'm just like all right cool like that makes sense boom 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 you know what I mean and then there's sometimes where they would be like what really made me excel at that at that manufacturing job is was in tech support um somebody would be like hey I have this case number we have this thing that we can't find and you know we've called a bunch of times and um Everybody else would be like, we can't find it. And they send it over to the tech manager, right? So then the tech manager was like, hey, I got this one and I couldn't find it, blah, blah, blah. And I overheard and I was like, hmm. So I like I started looking it up and I did the cross-referencing and everything and I found it. So eventually they're like, oh, this dude can like find stuff like that. And it was just because I was like, if if it doesn't exist, then it doesn't exist. But if, mm-hmm. if they're saying they called in and they said they did it a bunch of times and they're not letting this go, then they probably called in and it's in there somewhere. So uh, yeah. it's just, it, it's, it's a, a lot of, um i see it as like a to b to c right yeah if if a to b to c makes sense then i'll do it and if you're just like oh well i need to do a because y over here triggers c and i'm just like there's no fucking why like what are you talking about then at that point i'm just like no you're 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 an idiot i'm not going to do what you want to do just because you want me to do it you know
0: yeah 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 100 percent in my experience you know i've I've operated some of the same ways. I'm a very emotional person, but things have to be kind of linear too.
1: Yeah.
0: And so, you know, you, you, you make sense of life. Like um people say, hey, go to go to college, you go to school. And it's like, okay, well, these entrepreneurs who are rich, they didn't necessarily do that. So that's not a component of success. And I say that to say there are a lot of things that people may think are rational and think are things that you're supposed to do, but they aren't. And when you don't do those things, you may be dubbed as rebellious. And so I say that to set up this. So what are some of those things that you were supposed to be doing when you were 18 and 19? Like I was supposed to go to school and get a job and whatever. What are those things you were supposed to be doing that you didn't do?
1: Yeah, I think it's all seen as rebellious unless you actually show them that it's the right way to do it. Yeah, like not the right way to do it, but that it actually works for you, right? so like even right now with the with the whole i'll answer your question about the 18 and 19 but even right now with the crypto like i'm telling you know my mom about it and she's like i don't like that blah blah. she's like talking a lot of smack about it right and then um i tell her like a few days i'm like hey i'm up three grand and she's like oh maybe i should invest in like ethereum and stuff like that you know so so it's (laughs) yeah yeah so it's kind of like that right like and that's again it it goes back to like the thing i to me when i do like investments and stuff like that especially in crypto. like Ethereum, I saw like, okay, NFTs are all using Ethereum. Everybody's using the Ethereum blockchain. The coins that are coming in are running on Ethereum. I'm like, it seems like Ethereum is about to get really popular. And that's where I put my money. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's again, it needs to make sense. I don't just say like, hey, I'm going to put like some money into Bitcoin and that's it. It's got to be like, I think I'm going to put money into Bitcoin because it's limited supply. And the more people mm. buy, the less that there is. So I'm like, okay, so in that sense one day we might run out and if we run out boom there's the you know so stuff like that but anyway 18 19 years old I think the biggest thing that people wanted me to see is I I left high school on my own um free will type of thing um and I went into independent studies Mm -hmm. and I was mid no I think I had just started my junior year what's so there's there's freshman, sophomore, junior. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I had just started, I was like three months into my junior year and I was like, I'm out. Like, and I had just moved to Lake Elsinore too. Um, yeah. And I had just started high school and I told my dad, I was like, now I am I'm doing independent studies. He's like, no, no, I don't think you should. But my dad wasn't really fighting me on it. And mm-hmm. I was like, dude, listen, like I need like seven credits or some of that to graduate. And, yeah. and I can finish those credits my junior year. And then I have one credit in senior year, but I'm going to go to the school for two other years. Like, that seems stupid to me. Like, why would I go if if I only need seven credits, why would I go? So I Mm -hmm. I left. I went into uh, independent studies. Um, Believe it or not, what's really funny, people, uh, they they can judge it good or bad. But I graduated high school with a 1.7 GPA. Jeez, man. I had had Fs and Ds in every class. I had an A-plus in every math class I ever went to. Mm -hmm. A-plus.
0: Wow. In the math class.
1: Geometry, Algebra 1, Algebra 2, Trigonometry, all of them.
0: Yeah,
1: I had an A plus every single time in that class. I had like a B plus to an A plus, I'm I'm sorry, a B plus to an A minus in like some science classes because I thought it was really interesting but every other class like history i'm like dude i don't remember this like i would never read it i'm like this is boring now that i'm older i'm like dude this sounds really interesting you know but i I didn't i didn't (laughs) care i didn't care about english i didn't care about none of that stuff i cared about math because i was like math is interesting you know what i mean like there's there's like there's stuff that makes sense like if you get two and then you find the x and it equals six and that's four like that makes sense That, that makes sense history i'm like why do i care about all this stuff like that right. doesn't affect me today and now that I'm older I'm like oh well, I could have learned something from it. but but yeah that that's pretty much 18 uh 17 through 19 I I graduated really early mm-hmm. um I was just out partying I was uh like you know um subway job I was working with my dad um yeah. I started waking up at like 5 30 in the morning to go work with him because uh, work was over at three and it was in San Clemente so I, a lot of my um my what's that called my discipline was built on like we're waking up in the mornings. I started drinking yeah. black coffee cause I wasn't working in the same, like there was a few warehouses. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there wasn't there wasn't a few warehouses there. So like there, I wasn't in the main one with him. I was like in the second warehouse, which was a few streets away. So he would drop me off. I'd be working the same repetitive job, just doing something back and forth. And I used to get really tired. So they're like, why don't you just drink black coffee? I was like, whatever, I'll drink black coffee. So I started drinking black coffee when I was like 18. And I was like, dude, this actually wakes you up a lot lot faster. But same thing with the job. I was like, dude, this is repetitive. Um, The people that I'm working with, a lot of them are like undocumented I'm like I have papers and I'm not saying like oh dude I'm like you know I'm better than people I'm like dude, yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have different I have different opportunities like I should be doing uh, what my dad does you know what I mean like he was making 50,000 a year and I was like dude that's really good wage blah, blah blah right yeah so then I saw this thing for culinary I was like I like food Um, in one of their commercials I can't find it anymore but it said it was gonna be 50,000 a year after like three years of school so I was like yeah dude if I can make 50,000 a year by the time I'm I think it was like 24 25 was my my limit or whatever i'm like i'll be good like that that'll be the good life because my dad on fifty thousand has a good life right so that was that was what my whole mindset and everything was when i was like Mm -hmm. 18 through 19.
0: yeah and so and that's that's a lot so so in this branch of time when you go into independent studies obviously as you said it's something that you weren't supposed to be doing what were the emotions in the conversations around that decision
1: Uh, yeah, it was just, I think that I've always been able to explain and communicate very well. Mm -hmm. So I told my dad, he said he didn't think it was a really good idea. And I was like, it just, you know, it doesn't make sense. I really don't know anybody. I can get this stuff done a lot faster at home. Like, it just, I I don't want to go to school anymore. You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. I promise that I'll like, I'll graduate, you know, and that was it. And then it, to me, I don't think there was a lot of emotion to it. It just made sense.
0: Yeah. Mm Hmm. And there wasn't any resistance from anyone around you? It was just like, okay, well.
1: You no, know, I, I was living with my dad at the time. My mom, um, they're separated. So my mom was somewhere else. I didn't really leave my house. Like she didn't want me to leave the house and live with my dad. So we weren't talking like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And then my sister was already married at the time. So the only person that I really talked to was my dad. Yeah.
0: And and why'd you leave your, the house with your mother? Why'd you, why'd you want to go work with your dad?
1: It was really restrictive. It was really restrictive. Mm. And I felt like I just needed some, some independence.
0: Yeah. Was it the partying that was disallowed being out late? You know, um,
1: we were Jehovah's witnesses. So pretty much everything. Oh, I didn't know that. That's, that's,
0: That's crazy. And so, you know, before the podcast, we talked about, you know, the divide down societies. You know, there are the people that live in the status quo. And obviously there are people, you know that are on the middle line you know deserters of the status quo but then there's people that are in pure delinquency and you said you never want to be in delinquency and so growing up you know since very young ages because obviously people say hey don't be that where did you see examples of that
1: of don't be what
0: like a like a pure delinquent you know in gangs doing all types of bad stuff was that
1: around you when you were younger yeah, so I grew I grew up in a mobile home park, and um, if you go back now, it's actually kind of nice. Like they they spruced it up and stuff like that. But when when we first got there, it was nice. And luckily um, in Orange, there's this there's this bridge um, on on the main street, and it separates. Um, I don't know if you know California, but there's Villa Park, very very nice area, very predominant. And mm-hmm. then there's Orange County, or there's the city of Orange, and on that bridge that crosses over, there's two sides. Right. Yeah. And one of them was the mobile home park. And the other side was like houses kind of like duplex condos type of thing. But um, when I look back, I'm lucky that I didn't live on the other side because the other side was way worse. Right. But on <laughs> our side, it was, it was, it was a new development. And um, yeah. the reason that I say it was worse is because on that other side is where a lot of the Hispanics live that were low income. So mm-hmm. that, that would have been really bad for me because I would have normalized it. Right. But yeah. on the side that I lived, there was, there was delinquency, there was people that were doing bad, there was low income families like ourselves, but it was every race, yeah. right? So there was white people, there was Asian, there was a lot mm-hmm. of Hispanics, um, there's a few black people, but primarily it was every race. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so this this affects everyone type of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I noticed that, I just always noticed that I was lacking and living in like close to Villa Park and going to schools over there and going to schools like with with you know wealthier um, I'm gonna say white families I'm not saying that as a race thing but that's that's who it yeah. was it was it was white families that were that was wealthier I'm like dude how can it be that they have a better life It just never made sense It never made sense that somebody could have a better life than me It never made sense that I was just as smart as a lot of these people yeah. It never made sense that in a in a subject like math that every single person hates. That people who are wealthy and well off were failing it while I was excelling in it. Just yeah. nothing ever made sense. It's,
0: it's, it's a super strange thing to be good at math. It's, it's very. Now, do we have a hard stop here at eleven? No. All right, cool. Because I'm 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 crazy interested in what it is it you're saying, and we're going in a crazy direction, and this will all tie back in in such crazy way. But you know. It, the engineer mind is, 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 that's extremely weird. It's super, super strange to not like reading to not like history, but always pass bath, you know? Um, but so you're in this, so, so, so you're saying, you know, there was a diversity of people around you and that made it a little easier to not be indoctrinated, you know? So going along those lines, do you think you know, and feel free to talk about things like the concepts you learn in attention merchants and things like that. Do you think when it comes to getting the attention of maybe a society, a young kid, that representation and things like that matter?
1: I'm I'm not sure about the question. Can you rephrase it? Like how like
0: like what what do you what do you think is the devices that are employed in society that makes someone like yourself? Stray one way or another, you know. Because you said growing up on this side, where it was a bunch of people that were poor, as opposed to the other side where it was only Hispanic, was 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 a little easy on you. And I feel like you're suggesting that representation was one of those devices that would have made you stray the wrong way. So, what are those devices that you think influence people's paths as they grow up?
1: You know what, man? I've I've never really thought about it that deep, but honestly. Um, I'm going to say that it's God, but you can replace it with something of faith. Mm -hmm. But for me, I I really think that it was God just because that's, that's the key factor through my whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. And you need to have something that gives you faith that creates a demand for faith that to make you think anything is possible. Yeah because i could say hey i lived on this side versus the other side but then i could say hey look i still believe that anything was possible right Mm -hmm. and so where did that that core stem come from and it always came from thinking that there's somebody that's higher that's a higher being the almighty you know what i mean and i know that that's not something that a lot of people necessarily want to hear you know what i mean they're like okay well you know i don't believe in god but i've gotten ahead and it's like but you probably believe that anything was possible for you so you had a faith driven activity right that when you were young that made you believe and have faith in something as if it were already so right we call it manifestation but realistically it's called faith because you can't manifest without faith
0: uh-huh oh, yeah true truthful truthful and so faith is the that's the core component but i mean you're an entrepreneur in in your life uh there's probably a part of you that wants to influence people in one way or another, whether it be adults or children, you know, you would hope that you can bring them into your own tribes, your own society, have them follow your voice, your messages, your ideas in some way or another. So faith is the core component, but do you think there are other ways, you know, to gather people's attention and, and, and change their lives? You know, maybe God is the thing that makes them see you for the first time but is there any tools that you can employ once you once they see you
1: to reel them in so as far as like getting people into a tribe and having them follow you and do what you say yeah yeah for sure
0: yeah i mean and and that's whether it's as a business person as as someone that's trying to change society yeah. you know like like a tribe is like entrepreneurship a lot of people were hooked into that tribe as children because they read rich dad poor dad and there were a lot of psychological devices in that book that pulled people over there and maybe changed their path from going to jail or something like that, or being poor or something like that is, you know, in terms of changing society and having people come from the status quo into your cultures, you know, I know you've been reading about this a lot lately. Is, is there anything that, you know, particularly I like that episode with Chris Bellow, is there anything that you would employ to have that happen?
1: Yeah. So dude, check it out. It, it all comes back full circle. Um, You got to give somebody faith. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. You just got to give somebody faith. Like a lot of the times, think about it, right? Like the people that you follow, the people that that have had the biggest influence on your life, have they given you something? Whether it's tangible or intangible, have they delivered something to you that you're appreciative for? Mm -hmm.
0: That's all it is.
1: That's all yep. it is like in, in attention merchants, it talks about Hitler and this is going to be super controversial. Right. But like it talks about Hitler and it talks about how he rallied the people yeah. and the way that he rallied the people, like it, it has, like you said, there's a lot of peripherals, right. There's a lot of moving pieces and stuff like that. So yeah. it says like, how did how did um, he actually do that? And there was big banners and he rallied like his soldiers, right. And his soldiers said, Hey, everybody has to come to this rally. So he forced people to the rally. Right. That was step number 1. He had people that forced people into the rally. No. Um, so he forced people into the rally. Um, do you want to start that over? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't so, mind okay. Way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, so so um just because it's really it's it's insane all the things that he put together, but it was one thing that basically put people over the top. And what he ended up doing is he got people to the rally. He had the people that were forcing people to the rally had these huge banners made like, and I'm not talking about like, they were saying that they were like monster banners, right? Yeah. He got people chanting, but what ended mm-hmm. up doing it is he was talking with such conviction that he made people believe. Yeah. So he gave people something to stand for. He gave people an idea that they were already thinking. And once he validated all those people and he gave them faith and he gave them hope and he gave them all these emotions That's all it took. Everything else was just to amplify it. But Mm -hmm. ultimately all you need to do with anyone is you need to deliver on something. So you think rich dad, poor dad, right? Yeah. The book is an amplifier. Uh The book isn't what makes them appreciative of him. It's the words in the book. It's the one sentence that makes them go, yes, that's, that's exactly it. And when they read that one sentence, they don't, they didn't need to buy it. They didn't need to freaking source it. They didn't need to know him for years. It's the same thing with Grant Cardone. You read 10X rule, it makes sense to you. Boom, you're a fan for life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I'm going to start winding it down just to be respectful of time. But, you know, I want to go a little bit further back before we come straight to the present and and wrap it up. Um, But if you go back in time, you were going to school with kids that were well off. Uh, did that ever make you feel away? Did you ever think like you know what I'm saying, man? I wish I had it like that.
1: I just always wish I had more like yeah. like it well, I remember this one time I went to this girl's house because we were doing a project, and I don't even remember where it was at. maybe it was Newport Beach or something like that but i I kid you not, this was probably a three million dollar home. jeez, probably. And I get in there, and you know, we walk through the front door, and it's one of those like big ass doors, you know what I mean, like twelve feet at least (laughs) on the door, and it's it's all glass in the front. You come in, it's like marble on the bottom or whatever, and yeah. And, you know, first room to the left is like a grand family room. And I'm like, bro, that's the size of my house for their grand family room. You know, wow. um, we go to the kitchen. It's one of those like double fridges that were like, you know, five grand back then. You know how now they're like a 1200 bucks, but they were just coming out. So they were like five grand. Um, it was one of those kitchens that like, dude, now you, you see those big kitchens with like the long stoves and everything. And that was normal again, that just come out. I'm like, dude, this house is insane dad was like, uh, you know, a lawyer for like celebrities or something like that. Um, we go upstairs. I think her room was probably bigger than my house too. Um, and I saw everything and I'm just like, dude, like what, what is life? You know what I mean? Like what is life? So, so yeah, I, I definitely got exposed to, to some of that stuff. Um, there was other times where I got exposed to like other people's house, but that's the one that I remember. It was just, it was a ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous, just stupid money house. And, and just think about it. Like he wasn't even working for himself. He wasn't working for his own business and he had like that kind of money. And if you really think about it, that's pretty insane.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that's, that's crazy. You know, coming from similar places, man, I've, I've had a lot of experiences that are like that, man. I wasn't in California, so I didn't see no $3 million houses, but <laughs> You know, people get cars in high school. I'm like, man, to hell with y'all, man. But yeah. uh, And so you're on the come up now and you're in the middle of your journey and and you're aspiring to go to those places. Um, There's this trend in society that, you know, people, people, people generally just to simplify it, they want to make it easier to be middle class. Mm -hmm. Right. But in doing so, they subsequently make it harder to be rich and wealthy. Um, And so they'll do things like a wealth tax to supplement people who are, you know, where you came from or where I came from. Mm -hmm. But in turn, for people like yourself, I mean, you just moved away from California. It'll make it hard to you for you to aspire to be even greater than what you already are. Is that something? what What do you feel about that situation?
1: Not really, because dude, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, even if they apply that wealth t- tax, he'll still find ways to, to evade taxes. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And you're not evading taxes. You're just spending the money in different ways. So let's say I'm going to get taxed 60 grand at the end of the year. Right. I'm like, okay, I don't get anything for 60 grand. I get taxed. Right. I'm like, okay, I, I, I'm going to give 10 grand to a charity of my choice. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna um, expense a videographer for about another thousand grand. Yeah. And he's gonna make a video of me giving away this two grand, twenty or ten grand.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I just lowered my tax bill by, you know, eleven grand. Yeah. Okay. What if I buy a car? Well, now I can depreciate the car and mm-hmm. I get to keep another now. I'm down to ten grand, right? And it's like, well, Ruben, but you had to buy the car. And it's like, yeah, but I can sell the car next year and I can depreciate another car next year. <laughs> yeah so so uh. there's ways around it you know what i mean um and it's not that you want to do that but realistically if i'm gonna pay taxes for 60 grand and i can give 10 grand away to a charity yeah I, like yeah i'll give the 10 grand away to their charity but if i can make content from it that also helps me charity gets happy i get happy only person who doesn't get happy is irs but the IRS put those systems in place. So why don't I take advantage of them, right? Like realistically, realistically, people are mad about that, right? Yeah. But most people go to a job and they get taxes out of their paycheck. Mm-hmm. Now, if a new law was introduced today for the people making $50,000 a year, they said, hey, look, if you drive your car every day for work, you can expense those miles. Who do you think would not take that? Mm-hmm. No one. And they right. are absolute fucking liars. Oh, I would pay my taxes because I'm a... No, you wouldn't. So, be, <laughs> no, you wouldn't. So, just yeah. because the systems are in place for, for people who do have businesses who take the risk to to, to do those things yeah. doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that they actually use them mm. like any other person would.
0: Right. Yeah, but, uh, most, most definitely. And so, I really only have two more questions. And so, the first one would be, but you have felt pressure from the end of society that 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 doesn't agree with people excelling in in, in particular ways. You know, when you uh, watch other, you know, watch your own pockets. That podcast episode you talked about some of the conversations that you had with people that you were close with, not close with, but friends with. Um. That 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 question you know, the validity of some of your moves, Yeah. you know, what, what, what do you feel about that sentiment that, 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 that eat the rich sentiment that you shouldn't be showing off? You shouldn't be selling. What, what do you feel about that sentiment? You know I saying?
1: don't, I, I think it's, it's just hate, man. Right. I shouldn't say I think, because I've seen it enough times to know that what it is and it's just, hate. it has nothing to do with the rich getting richer it has everything mm-hmm. with me not being rich right? So like the person who actually told, like, I'm not going to say their name, but I'll tell you exactly who they are, is a 40 to 50 year old man, right? What? So think about how old they are already who work, who work one job, who are better off, but they're not better off than me, which is really sad if you think about it, right? No, that's me putting him down. But it is kind of sad, but I'm just, <laughs> that's me putting him down. Flexible. But, but I'm, I'm I'm younger, I'm making more than him. So you can see, I'm I'm putting out all this content, all this stuff of like, hey, look, I'm getting stimulus checks because in 2019 I didn't have it like that, right? Nobody knows that. Everybody just thinks that I'm making less than seventy five thousand a year. That's ever all everybody's thinking. Nobody realizes in 2019 I made less than one hundred fifty thousand a year that with my wife because we file our taxes together. Right. So he comes in and goes, hey, why are you buying Gucci shoes? Oh, the the you know you're you're a leech on the. Uh, ecosystem, right? Because you're getting a a check or whatever from the government. And you're using it towards things that I don't approve of, not government, things that I don't approve of, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, dude, the government, not you, the government decided to give me this check. So on that alone, I can explain my and I did explain myself, like if anybody wants to check out that episode, but on that merit alone, that the government gave it to me and not you shut the fuck up. (laughs) That's it. You know? Yeah. But everybody's opinionated nowadays. Everybody has an opinion. Everybody feels validated to give their opinion. And Facebook has made it a, a place where, you know, I'm like, dude, you have so many things to promote. You have so many things to talk about. And everybody wants to talk about fucking masks nowadays. And I'm like, you're annoying above, <laughs> above, above. Even if I agreed with you or disagreed with you, I'm annoyed with you that you want to just strike up some stupid conversation. It doesn't matter if you don't want to wear it, don't wear it. If you want to wear it, wear it, but just shut the fuck up already. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Man.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm enjoying
1: this conversation, but I'm, I'm going to ask you
0: a single more question just to bring it full circle because I mean, you know, these interviews, they're important for people's businesses. They're important for people's brands but I like to go into their story beyond the static origin story to kind of fuel, you know, an interest in these things. And so in regards to everything that you're doing, you know, your business, the marketing hunters, your podcast, and for the kill, you know, your entire brand, you know, you're building this tribe around people who want to go after it and get it and not people who want to have one job at 50 years old and hate on (laughs) Ruben. You know, Uh, but, but, but beyond those things, I particularly, you know, want to shine a spotlight on the book, um, Brand Sharks. And I want to say for the person that's like maybe you, 18-year-old, 19-year-old Ruben, you're at the subway, or 18-year-old, 19-year-old me, I'm at the Royal Farms. Or Ruben, you know, as a kid at the, uh, at the mobile home park, or me as a kid sleeping with my brothers on the same mattress. If you take this book, this Brand Sharks book, and you introduce them to this tribe, to this book, what happens to their life? What does this mean to them?
1: So the way, the way that I want to have this book written, and nothing set in stone, but the way that I want to have it is basically the person's story. But, like, nothing held back story, right? Not like, hey, you know, I'm Ruben. I was working at Subway, and then I went to a manufacturing job. And, you know, from there I went and blah, 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 right? I want it to be like, hey, I remember, like, nearly eating my eyes out just because I hated this guy so much. And I remember, you know, like like stuff like that. I want people to just get like real with their story because ultimately we all get a chapter. I don't know if I get maybe a little bit more, but we all get a chapter. So like how do you impact in a chapter? And I I want every every person writing to be able to answer that question, right? If I was never gonna write again, if this was gonna be my only book, how can I leave everything on there? And then the second part of of their chapter is gonna be here's here's where I was, here's how I was eating dirt, here's how I had nothing. Here's where I am today. Here's how I did it. Here's how you can learn from it. Here's my one piece of advice of like what you can do. Yeah. It's beautiful.
0: And um, demonstration uh, through people's stories and having it right in front of you, it, it changes a lot uh, of what you can aspire to be, man. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what Rich was until I came to California and I started seeing Lamborghinis every day. And these millions-of-dollar houses, you know, Laguna, every day, you know what I'm saying? So having a story that demonstrates from A to Z how things become that way and what it is now is super important, man. And I I haven't read the book, but I can say I wish you wrote it when I was 18, and I wish I could read it when I was 18. And I think the people that are listening to this podcast, if they if they don't read it, they'll feel the same way, you know what I'm saying? So. When can they expect it, and where can they go for it?
1: Yeah, so we don't we don't know when it's going to be published yet, um, and uh-huh. I can't and I can't share that. I would say by the latest, it's going to be the end of this year. Uh, uh-huh. Might be sooner than that. And then once it comes out, they can reach out to me. They can go to Amazon. Um, it's going to be basically on every major retailer, or they can always reach out to me for a copy.
0: Yeah. And so is there anything that you want to add? You know, obviously there'll be links to your podcast, links to your business. Is there any commentary you want to add for me? We...
1: Yeah. I, w- I would say, um, whoever is listening, if you want to get ahead, it pretty much only comes down to two things and me and you, we tend to complicate it, right? We tend to complicate. We like, Hey, this needs to be yeah. this. We need to have this. It needs to be a foundation. We need systems. We need blank. We need that. And, yeah. it's it's none of that you need attention and you need sales if, if you can't if you can't sell then you're going to be stuck and i was stuck for a long time and this is how i know this because i was mm-hmm. stuck for a long time i was overworking and i was like no i got to make my customers happy and blah 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 and i was stuck in this rut right because i was like i have this job i have another thing i have my family and so i was just like let's focus on fundamentals right we we, we lie on okay. ourselves fundamentals bs i get the book out the book is not sales, but I have to convince people to do it because there's an investment that goes to the publishing company for their time. Right. Yeah. It's not, it's not cheap by any means, but mm-hmm. it is a premium service and it is a premium book. Yeah. So if I, if I would have been like, Hey, look, I have a book and I put it out there and I put a post and people are like, I want to be a part of it. And I'm like, Hey, let me send you a little message. People aren't going to do it. So then I'm like, all right, cool. Do you have time for a zoom call? Or do you want me to answer you in a message? Some people preferred the thing. Now I have to get on my phone and record, hey, bro, I'm so excited, blah, 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 this book. And I start selling the vision. I'm going to get it published. We're going to go Amazon bestseller. I got these other yeah. people that are excited. And I'm, and I'm like, dude, that's the spark that's been missing in my business. That yeah. spark, because I need, to, I need to sell it. I need to, mm-hmm. to have the vision. But now think about this. If I put out a post and nobody gives a shit and I don't have attention, then it doesn't matter how good. Oh, dude, I got this book and I'm going to sell it. It doesn't matter how good I am. Nobody wants it. So realistically, if you want to get ahead, you only need two things. You can figure out all the other stuff. It's kind of like saying like, hey, you know, I I want a steak. And it's like, okay, well, you know what? I want a steak, but I'm going to eat the potatoes. And you know what? Before I get to the, uh, before I get to the steak, I'm going to eat the asparagus. And you're like, you know what? These two things are just as good as the steak. No, they're not. (laughs) No, they're not. Don't lie to yourself. You went for the steak. Yeah. I'll eat the steak so so that's that's my thing if if you're listening you're like hey what's the secret to getting ahead it's attention to sales it's attention to sales and and i know a lot of people don't want to do the sales and they want to believe hey look the sales will come eventually and if my my process gets really good and blah blah, blah nobody will find out about it no matter how good your process is because ultimately you have to keep driving and one of the best things that i heard and it, it like you know gc says it, a bunch of other people say it too but the best thing i heard is dude if you're not self-promoting if you don't want to self-promote yourself why would anyone else do it if like think about it if if people don't even see you wanting to do it you you can hire someone and even they don't want to do it so you have to self-promote you have to self-promote. you have to get attention
0: yeah well they all have it man from the modern day hunter man This, this, this was a beautiful one and i appreciate you coming is going on in this city somebody really got in a shootout like right here a few weeks ago it's crazy Uh but yeah man it's a beautiful conversation i appreciate you coming on man um like i said everything's going to be in the description uh i would particularly implore everybody to listen to your podcast because you know as y'all all all know i haven't done it ruben's done it and he probably teach y'all about crypto too since that's (laughs) what y'all want to know about um follow his podcast and listen to a professional i appreciate you coming on man
1: Yeah, man, I appreciate you having me. (laughs) Without a doubt.